Vodka. 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 Vodka O'Clock. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Vodka O'Clock. I'm your host, Amber Love. And uh, some breaking news for you. Uh, Cardiac Arrest, as you know, was released in January. That was my first mystery novel. And the sequel to it, Full Body Manslaughter, is going to be coming out very soon. So stay tuned and go to patreon.com slash Amber Unmasked. And if you're a backer, you get those announcements first. So joining me today, Eric Grissom and Claire Connolly. Eric's been on the show a whole bunch of times. And Claire, I was beginning to think, was a figment of his imagination. It kind of feels like that sometimes. (laughs) So they are here. We're going to be talking about The Mark, but we can also talk about their previous work like Animals and talk about what it's like running a Kickstarter. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's exciting. So um, now you guys have worked together for a couple of years on and off. And like I mentioned, Animals and the like the pigs comic. You had pigs and chickens mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, that was an interesting you know, sort of Orwellian type <laughs> uh, type story. So how did you come to meet each other and start collaborating? Uh, how did that happen? I mean, Claire I, and I knew I'm each other before. Erica Schultz was I don't know, though. Like, Claire, we knew, just, we knew each other before comics. Just yeah. I, I had a video game store and Claire would come in the store and we sort of knew each other through that. And then we tabled... We really got to know each other when we did Asbury Park Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And then I think I just was looking for someone, and then you contacted me, right, Claire? I think that yeah, was. Yeah, I think you put like a post on Tumblr for like, you want to do like a little, you did like a seven or eight page story for yep. like the idea of kind of pigs, and you're like, oh, just looking for someone. Yeah. And at the time, I was working on my senior thesis, and I was like, oh man, it'd be so nice to just have to draw something. Yeah, it was awesome. And I flipped out, too, because I loved Claire's work. Like, I had seen uh, her and her sister Paige had tabled at, I said, the very first Asbury Comic Con, which was in a bowling alley. And I think I bought, like, just about everything that you had at the table. So it was it it never works out like that. So anyone listening at home, you can't just say, was anybody interested in drawing this comic with me and then getting someone like Claire? It's just not going to happen. So I, I lucked out. I mean, I I love that. I love Claire's style too, and I I don't really know your sister Paige though. She is, does she exist online? Um, she's not. Uh, she's not as online as I am. Um, I don't. I'm very online because I like to be really opinionated. Um, but she's more of like a little bit more of a homebody. Like she does like fantasy illustrations for like D and D and everything. Okay. And like does stuff for like gaming books. So she was, like, going to go into comics, but then she's like, nah, I don't want to draw trolls. Yeah, and her stuff is great, too, so you should look for that. Yeah, yeah. So she does, like, yeah. children's books, but she's not as online as me. Okay, because I love when you do the, um, like, the time-lapse vines or periscopes, whatever you want to call those, you know, and, you, and it shows you, you know, the the magic of your pages. Like, it's just brilliant. I love watching that. I know. When I talk to students, I'm like, the key is not drawing that much and hoping for the best. <laughs> that's how my pages go. <laughs> and that's exactly what the professor doesn't want you to tell. 16-year-olds right. are like, whatever. No, they're not 16, like 18 and 20-year-olds. I'm like, I don't know. Mm, like, have a vague idea. Draw it out. If you don't like it, just throw it away. But. Well, what was art school like 
for you, Claire, because I'm, when I model at art school, it's obviously they're like it's figure drawing, mm-hmm. so it's a very different thing than comics, where it's they're looking for realism and they're looking for you know perfect anatomy and stuff like that, and yet you know you draw cartoons, so you know, and you have this whimsical, very sketchy style, and your inks have rough edges and stuff, and it's really cool. So, what's the what's art school Claire like compared to to comic book Claire? Like? Um, I mean, when I, well, I think the funny thing is, um, when I was in art school, my illustration professors were much more open to me just doing whatever I wanted, and I thought being underneath artists who were seen as commercial, they want me to work slightly more commercial and be much more, you know, photoshoppy and stuff like that. But I found that my fine arts professors were like, realism is king. If you can't replicate this still life um, on paper, then you're not a real artist. And I've gotten into plenty of fights with uh, professors because they told me that I wasn't replicating life um, on paper. And I told them, well, this is my perception of this still life. So I'm putting my perception of it on the paper and not it um, as aesthetically realistic as it really is. So then we had to get into fights about aesthetics and um, perception. And I said that I think a perception of someone's more important than aesthetically replicating things because we have cameras for that shit. Um, right. right. <laughs> so I was kind of just like seen as this like dark horse who was kind of just doing their own thing, but still getting A's, which was the weird part. Um, yeah, how did they not threaten to flunk you? The thing is, I still always ref- did what the assignment called for, like a contour line drawing. Like, oh, cool, contour line drawing. Um, so I really just had to learn how to spin everything to my advantage. And, like, even my figure drawing classes, my professor loved how I was always distorting things. Because I could draw the um, figure perfectly, but I, ne- I was like, well, why practice drawing it perfectly when I'm more interested in distorting it? So I was pretty lucky as in that I had the skills and they could see that. So they weren't really as concerned with teaching me skill sets. They were really concerned with me just doing um, what, like, I was interested in and, like, pushing myself. Um, Because even when I was a freshman, everyone thought I was a senior because I was so developed as an artist. So it was kind of confusing at times. That's pretty cool. I, I feel you went to school in New Jersey. Yeah, I just went to Montclair State. I didn't go to like an actual art school. I just went to a school with an art program. Okay, because I I had just read that um, it's like one of the grade levels in the UK. They actually like abolished the art program. They're just like ah fuck art. Well, I'm like there's no more art. I think it's funny because like I you know like I'm you know also a professional artist. I have a day job. And everyone always says, they're like, oh, my God, you can explain yourself so well. And I was like, well, because I went to school for art. I talk in front of people every day. And they're like, oh, is that like, because I just rock job interviews. And I was like, yeah, because I had to explain why I made something every day. I've had more public speaking experience than probably politicians do. That sounds like a nightmare. I would hate that. (laughs) I took like a handful of art classes, but just having to speak and explain everything. Oh, boy. You get used to it after a while. Yeah. Your first semester is like the, when you sit there and you shake and you're so nervous. And after that, I was just like, eh, if they don't like it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I go. made it. By second year, you're coming in in your pajamas. You don't care anymore. Oh, yeah. Can't tell you how many times I showed up to class in sweatpants. Did Did either of you guys have um, creative writing? Oh, yeah, I did. I didn't. 
Okay. Because I, when we you know when uh, Eric and I were just talking before you got on about, you know, this new book that you you've made called the mark and it's, you know, like there, there are so many parts of it that are like, well, this came from Claire and this came from Eric. And then this, you know, then the design with Eric. And it's like, there's, it's like such this big mashup of collaboration that, that you have here. And, and I've met really great artists who have no idea how to tell a story. And yet you've done your own stuff and Eric's done his own stuff. So I, I know that there's really strong storytelling rooted underneath the pretty pictures. Yeah, and then this one in particular, I mean, this one came from Claire. It started on Twitter. So we're both like huge Legend of Zelda fans. And Claire had posted a Skull Kid painting. And then I was like, oh, we got to do, we got to do a Zelda comic. And that's, Claire, you were like, why don't we just do our own comic, dummy? And then <laughs> and it was the first time, like, I just about everything that I do is full script. So you've got panel, panel breakdowns and everything. But for this one, and then we ended up doing another project, which or another two projects that we haven't released, was more of like Marvel style, where I just wrote a page and a half. This is the plot, just sort of a basic story, and gave it to Claire. And Claire did all of the adaptation she broke everything out into panels so all the all the pacing and storytelling on the comic side was all done by claire i just had the characters a story and what happens so who you know what is the the because i i never played zelda i'm like a bad geek so the it's, yeah it's just inspired by that like there's really right not, i can tell right away by his cute little appearance right, yeah it's know. things like that like there's the weapons that like you know you see the the bow and shield and things like that and then the without spoiling it there's like a tree that you go in and that's sort of a callback to the first legend of zelda game but um, is that what, what your question or I was just jumping ahead of? Uh, yeah, no, because I was trying to I'm like, does the Forgotten King like did he I don't even recall him having a name. Oh, yeah, that character. So the Forgotten King, that's Claire. So Claire had done that. And was it two books, Claire, previous? Yeah, I just really like spooky things. Like I love like I I love Halloween. Um, but I was getting I was like watching Lord of the Rings on loop. And I was like, oh, the Ghost King's so cool. I want my version of the Ghost King. So I that, you know, I'm so glad that you said that, because when I was reading through and I got to that particular scene where these other spooky guys are, I was I was thinking, I'm like, oh, it's like the Witch King of Angmar. Oh, yeah. I like I never I feel bad because, like, I've never actually read the books. I've only ever listened to them on tape. Um, that counts. Well, that it's like an audio book. That counts. That totally. Yeah. Oh, okay. If Stephen King says it counts, dude, it counts. All right. Well, I got his approval. So, um, but like. I don't know. When I'm always drawing and stuff, I usually like to listen to the same things over again at nauseum to my parents' like dismay that I can watch <laughs> Lord of the Rings 50 times in a week. And I've probably marathoned SVU probably like at least 17 times. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I have Parks and Rec memorized, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. It's just so comforting. But um, I really want like my own like I love folklore, so I was like, I want to make up, like, my own folklore. And I was like, what if there's just, like, this creepy king who kind of just appears in all these places? You don't really know his deal. And then that way, because you don't know his deal, I can just do whatever I want. That's the brilliant and wonderful part, though, of doing something that's 100% creator-owned. And, you know, there's no baggage. It's just your story, you know, and... uh, 
you know, and then if people say it sucks, then it is all your fault. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but there's, but, but, you know, you said you like spooky stuff and Halloween stuff. And so there's, you know, there's all of the stories that you guys have done together. There are these, these dark tones to them. And in th- this one, it's got this very strong European fantasy fairy tale to it. So, um, you know, I couldn't even tell the, like the, the little link character, the main character, I couldn't even tell how old he was supposed to be. Um, and it's actually even, uh, no, I don't think a lot of people picked up on this, but it's actually a, a girl. But I, oh, had that, okay. I had that reaction where people were like, the little fella. I'm like, that's not a fella, that's Hilda. But we never <laughs> actually give her her name. Yeah, uh, so that was, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Okay, so the little, like, Link character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, now we know it's a girl. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So why, um, you know, fairy tales? Because usually, these, this is not like the Disney version. This is the old Grimm's version of, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, again, I always end up doing these stories that are just completely unmarketable because it's, Kind of like, I mean, the idea is it's sort of like a storybook, you know, in the production and the design and everything. You're going to have like the words on the left and the picture on the right. But it's pretty dark. And at the end, and I don't want to give away the end, but it's like it's a kid's book, but it's not a kid's book in the typical sense. Although I would certainly give it to my kids, as I would recommend anyone listening gets it for their kids. But you're right. It's very much like an old fairy tale. Yeah, I figured after reading something. Yeah, like a folktale and like the real, you know, that that old German style, like the old German stuff, like that shit was scary. That's actually um, a pretty good tagline for the back. You know, the old German stuff. We'll just get that as a quote. <laughs> that, slap that on the back. You know, if if kids can get through Harry Potter without nightmares. Yeah, I mean, then, it's, I, exactly. It's It's like I think the good stuff is scary and is sort of dark or at least the stuff that I was always drawn to. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, I used to watch Beetlejuice when I was five. That's such a Ooh. great movie. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. like, I mean, maybe it's because I am German. That's just, like, grown into, like, my DNA. Just, like, creepy stories, German expressionism, just weird shit in general. Like, my mom's a scientist, so I grew up with, like, anatomy and physiology books always around. So, yeah, I for- like, for this too, like Claire, like the fact that is the the Forgotten King characters something that Claire had made. So there was already two books that existed. So I mean, I took that character and then sort of added all these other elements, like the Hilda character and 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 the village and all that stuff. But it had to it had to feel like it came from the other two books. You know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. you can't put the Forgotten King in something and not have it like this. You know, it's got to be sort of dark and weird and in the woods and the woods are haunted and something's coming out of the fire. Like it has to feel a certain way. That's good that I was able to read it and I didn't know that that he came from somewhere else. Yeah, when I say somewhere else, meaning like there's yeah, there's yeah, exactly. The two uh, two other books that Claire had done previously. Yeah, but you should get those. Are those like by any chance? Are they like somehow bonuses in the Kickstarter or something? Are they available? They're on the website. Okay. But that's pretty much it. I'm really terrible at marketing my like own work. I'm just like, I make it and I put it online. I'm like, and move on. Um, but eventually they'll get printed. Okay. So there's, they're able to be read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. 
Okay. On the computer. We could put a link to that. It too. sucks. Some of the stuff that I've done is like, I have no way of getting it printed again. I'm like, ugh. Printing is just so expensive, which is why, obviously, that we did a case. It was the first time I'm ever doing a Kickstarter. Um, and I'm three uh, three days in. I just feel like I've aged ten years. <laughs> it's, most, it's just horrifying. It's not great for uh, you know to have real metrics to gauge gauge how successful you are at something you love to do. But aside yeah. from that, like yeah, the printing is you know that's pretty much we're asking for. I think it's fifty five hundred dollars, and that is the cost. Pretty much, you know, adding a little bit for Kickstarter fees and credit card fees to get this printed as a hardcover wide format book. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's just costs a lot of money to do anything in print. And are you, um, do you have to have a big inventory uh, or are it's you the minimum to... is 500 copies that I would have to do with this particular printer to get it at the price we want to get it and to be able to sell it at the price we want to sell it. And because it's not, it's a wide format book. So it's, it's wider than it is tall it doesn't match any of the, uh, you know, if you go to a print-on-demand service or something, there's some places that will offer cheaper printing for hardcover, but you have a certain set sizes that you have to pick from. Right. Ours is already starting custom and different. And plus, yeah. like, to do it, if it's going to be worth doing, I want to have it on really good paper and just be a nice product that I want to have, you know, my shelf. You know, I want to have a that thing in my hand. I, I heard... um one lovely Kickstarter nightmare story about when, you know, somebody really didn't realize and and expect that, Hey, once these books are printed, I have to put them somewhere. And it was like, soon their entire dining room was filled and then the living room was filled and then their garage was filled and they quickly ran out of room and still had more books coming in from the printer. And um, it's like, you know, I, I don't know how you do stuff on such a big run. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. like for me, I've done two Kickstarters. I still have books like stacked in my closet from previous ones. So like I store yeah. them in my car because I'm just tired of having them in my house. Yeah. Um, and I was like, whatever, when I drive in the snow, at least it makes my car heavier. Um, yeah, you could just pull over and like open the trunk and just set up a little Claire shop. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> always my coworkers want books anyway. So I'll just be like, yeah, come walk with me in my car. What, what do you want? I have. Here are my, like, four books. They're like, you have four novels? I was like, yeah. They're like, wait, what? Why are you working here? I was like, shh. Be quiet. (laughs) Claire's secret. Right? Well, I I don't even like um, telling people at work just because I'm always like, oh, I don't want to have the discussion about my work. I just want to, like, come here and just, like, leave. Just compartmentalizing your life. That's always a weird, that that whole conversation. Because when people find out that you do these they things like yeah they think you're working on back and you have to explain like, that it's like oh, i don't yeah. want to even talk i just want to get through whatever this thing is that i have to be at with other adults mm-hmm. please let's just you know yeah that's okay. always weird and i have to explain to them like okay no i don't draw superhero comics so it's like then what, what do you make comics about right um but then at like, off chance, if you ever do find someone that sort of is into it, too, and it's like, oh, okay, thank God. Oh, yeah, no. Thank I'm, God it's just us against door, everyone else. Like, yo, Claire. I was like, yeah. They're like, have you ever heard of this comic? It's about hip-hop. And I was like, yeah, hip-hop family tree. They're like, what? And I was like, yeah. Then, oh, they quizzed you? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I know a lot about comics. And they're like, well, how do you know? And I was like, because I'm a professional comic book artist. And everyone's like, wait, what? And I was like, uh, yeah. So, um, 
going to go back to work now because I don't have yeah. this discussion with you guys. I'm going to put my Clark Kent glasses back on right. and get my day job going. Go put my apron back on and return to my department. Yeah. What were your other two Kickstarters like, Claire? Did you have to run those by yourself? Yeah, I ran them completely by myself. Um, I'm a pretty, like, independent person, so I don't like asking people for help. So I did everything myself besides, like, physically print the book. So, you know, like, I drew the books. I formatted them. Um, I always try to have the book done before I kickstart it because um, my theory is that I would, like, burn myself out and then figure out I don't want to make this book anymore. Right. Um, and then I do all the shipping myself, too, and I won't let anyone help me. So, like, I stuff every envelope. I, you know, bring it to the post office, do all that stuff. It's just easier for me because I'm afraid that something's going to get forgotten or at least I can keep track of everything better in my head and on paper, like the dumb systems I use. Um, but yeah, I normally do it all myself. Um, occasionally, like my sister will help me. She'll be like, there's too much books everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do it all myself. And even when I make mini comics too, I fold and staple every single one myself. I don't want help. So like before a convention, I'll fold like 200 mini comics by myself. Well, isn't that the joy of mini comics, though, is that grassroots um, effort? I think it is. I mean, I do enjoy that process because it's like you finally have have, like the actual physical form in your hand instead of just like, oh, I drew all these pages. Like now you have like this object that like you want to make and now it's here. It's like born. It's like you're here. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you were using a fulfillment service or something that, you know, we're the books are really drop shipped to somebody else to do all the actual postage. And For this, we, I may do that through Amazon. Oh, where you, okay. you can just ship them the, you know, from the printer to Amazon and then you send Amazon a spreadsheet with all the backers. And then they, if I can make that work and I know other people that have done that, that is like a dream. Like if that could happen and then there's no, packing of the things i don't get any of the joy out of the packing thing i think you know that <laughs> the stapling things or something may have some some value but for <laughs> me if i have to pack like because i did you know the dead horse book where i just would mail the copy and i hated i would once the book was on amazon i'd be like all right you can order it for me but please god just go to the amazon <laughs> thing and i don't care that i'll get 50 cents less it's just please you know Anyone who's ever had to address wedding invitations and the inside envelope and then the thank you card. And then I'm, pa- I'm paranoid Understand. that it's going to get damaged in shipping and then I'm sitting there with tape and the cutting cardboard out like a jerk. Yeah, if I can if I can make that work and avoid it, it would be awesome. And then the people get it quick and the shipping rates would probably be cheaper. And I know it will be packed and delivered on time. So hopefully that will happen for me. Well, you know, if I know if Amazon could fulfill this, I totally just, like, start getting ready for my own book because that's what always stops me. I'm like, am I mentally prepared to stuff 300 envelopes? Yeah, it takes over your whole life. I mean, that's just like oh, – yeah. and you you fulfilled probably a lot more orders on those two Kickstarters than I did just from Dead Horse books over, over the website. Oh, yeah. Each Kickstarter is at least 150. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I do it from, like, I don't have an apartment or anything. I do it from just my bedroom because I live with my parents. And their their rule kind of is, like, you can do this, but it has to stay contained to your space. Like, you can't take over the house. And you slowly start to creep out 
Oh, yeah. Like, when the books first arrive, it's like you get a whole palette almost. I'm just like, God, why? (laughs) What have I done? (laughs) And, like, like all of a sudden they're in the bathtub and nobody can shower. Oh, yeah. Like, they're not allowed to stay in the garage for very long. So I'm carrying cases of the books upstairs only to carry them back downstairs a few days later. Um, So, I mean, I'm pretty strong. Oh, my goodness. I could I could not do this. I could already tell you that I could not do this. Um, it's kind of torturous, but it's worth it because, like, for me, it's like I like physical objects as far as books go. So mm-hmm. to get the thing that I want, like, I really I'm kind of selfish. I really just want a copy for myself. Um, but it's really cool. to. Ha- it is cool to have that book on your shelf. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, like, I'm totally into digital books. I really am. It's just convenient and they don't take up space. But on the other hand, I have this big, pretty bookcase and I like to have books in it. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I was like that, too, like. I guess when I started getting back into comics is there was like a bit of a break, a 10 year break, I think, where I just stopped reading. And then I was like, oh, I'll just do digitally. And now I feel like I've swung the other way. And now I just want everything in print again. So I don't know if that just means I'm becoming more of a hoarder like my dad or if it's just that I'm old. But even like going to the store now is like I can buy it because the prices are almost always the same unless it's like an independent book. It's like if I'm going to pay, you know, three bucks for digital version or I just go to the comic store and support the comic store and then get a floppy. Right. I don't know. When when you did Dead Horse, you um you had some other cool things, didn't you? Like um like ID cards or badges and things. Yeah, and for Planet Gigantic I had like a PO box for uh <laughs> I think that's so awesome. Yeah, it was though. great because it's just so random that anyone ever actually sends it in. It's almost always filled with like just Comcast by your business phone. Uh, and so the post office people would just laugh at me because I would come in. And then the times that I would get something, I would be so excited because there's some kid sending me $2 to get his decoder card and uh, stickers and everything that I was sending out. So that was a lot of fun. That seems to be popular now. I know that like Paper Girls also has that uh, where you can send away and get a get a card, which I've done. Yeah, some of them have stickers. I don't know how you go about making your own stickers, but they have stickers that look sort of like Girl Scout badges and things. It's easy. I mean, that's actually not that that stickers and things like bookmarks are sort of pretty cheap. Like, as you know, they're good things, I think, too, to have it if you're going to do a table of show or something like there's I forget the name of the website I went to. But I mean, there's tons of them where you can get them for pretty cheap. You know, you're talking about a couple of you know, 50 cents a, a thing or whatever. So it's worth it. I know bookmarks too are great. Like I always, whenever I table it shows, those always go. I don't know if they ever turn into anything, but at least somebody has, you know, our website and the book title or whatever, and they're carrying it with them. Yeah, that's why you do postcards. Cause it's like a mini print, except they're really cheap to print. And then, I mean, I guess if you love someone, you can mail it to them. Yeah, I would, li- I would like to do. I always wanted to do like tarot cards too. Oh, that's on my list of things I want to do before my, I do. My dream, too, is to make on my list, a clue deck Dude. of characters, too, that looks like the game clue. Ooh. We all love the game clue here. Mm-mm. Of course. I one of my one of my dream cosplay projects would be either um, Mrs. White or Mrs. Peacock from the movie. Nice. I would that's really it. love to redraw the game board from Clue. You know, I'm like re- that sounds like a good project, like, like, but as long as you don't get sued over it. I know. Well, that's the whole thing. Is like, oh man, I'd love to like redraw the game Clue, 
or even just board games in general. I was like, oh man, how funny would it be if I redrew Monopoly? Because <laughs> it wouldn't look like it. Well, they have custom ones like for towns in New Jersey. Like I can, it was like a fundraiser usually or something like that. So I don't know if they actually had like Milton Bradley permission or you know Parker Brothers, whatever I it is. I assume they don't. I might. Mean, I don't assume that they don't. And it was just some kind of you know some PTA mouse. Yeah. PTA idea. Yeah. I mean, because it already had. I mean, you know, it, it already had like New Jersey landmarks on the original Clue thing, but. Um, but some of them had like town specific ones. I mean, Monopoly. Sorry. Can you um, imagine town specific clue? That would be great. And a New Jersey like, specific town. Yeah. Like, I, what? You like Barnegat Lighthouse? In Asbury Park at the Wonder Bar. Yeah. Seriously. Somebody would be getting, you know, killed with a cheap bottle of beer. <laughs> I think you have that. You could put that together. I think you'd, you could kickstart that. Oh, yeah. You could probably Dirty Jersey up. clue version with. I tell you, there, there are some really clever game designers I, I met at Dexcon, and um, one of them had, you know, had a real Jersey-specific game. Um, one of them had a game called Bad Medicine, and you could tell that the dude had spent his life in New Jersey pharma, you know, because we've got, like, pharmaceutical companies every, everywhere. <laughs> um, it was, it's just really funny. It's, I love those, those indie gaming cons. I've never been to one, but I probably really like it. And I don't, I'm like, I don't play games. It's so funny. I just get this joy out of seeing them made and hearing what goes into the development. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I like watching other people play things. <laughs> <laughs> I have no competition at all in my blood. Like, I don't, I don't like that. I go from like zero to a hundred where I won't be remotely interested in the game. And then if I don't dominate, then I get very angry. Okay, I can I can understand that. Yeah, like don't play Mario Party with me because we just won't be friends at the end. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, what kind of Kickstarter rewards do you guys have? Since you know where all of this has to like, I'm I'm assuming that even after the Kickstarter's done, there will still be ways to get the book. Well, yes, as, as long as the book hits, like if the book makes it. Um, and I think we're 25% or so there at this point. If it makes it, yes, you would be able to get the book. We would print enough to every every backer would get one. And then we'd have extra where Claire and I could sell them at shows or we're going to like contacting stores. I know that stock my stuff that I'll try to sell to them and we'll have it up most likely on Amazon. You know, if it doesn't make it, then you probably won't ever see it maybe digitally. But I don't you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But you asked about rewards. You want to know what rewards we have? We've got. Yeah, have you you want rewards? Rewards? You can give us a dollar. That's a dollar. It's nothing. But you're <laughs> going to get our love, our respect, and I'm going to throw in a random PDF of a comic. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not even saying that's something I make. I, I was going to say, is it one of yours? <laughs> I think legally I have to say that it is one of mine. And it will be one of mine. Uh, then we have, I mean, most of the stuff we have is we don't have anything too crazy. You get a digital copy of the Mark and Animals, which you talk about, which we talked about. That's not, I mean, if you, if digital is cool. Like we definitely designed the book for print. So I, it, I don't think it's as effective if you read it digitally. You know, I sent out to people for reviews and stuff like that, and that's the way they're going to read it. But I feel you really, I feel like the best way is it's in your hand and you're opening up because I don't know if, you know, we mentioned like half the book. One one side is 
sort of this epic poem that tells a story and the other side is sequential art. So they sort of work together and you kind of have to, or I think anyway, you should sort of see them at once, like a storybook, like a, you know, storybook you would read. Um, but again, I understand people may not want to spend the money or they just want a digital version. We have that for 10. Then we have the actual hardcover. Claire's got two really cool commission uh, rewards. So it's an 18 by 24. I'm going to go to the site now. Watercolor and the other one is 8 by 12. Right, Claire? Yep. Uh, what else do we have? We have, oh, an awkward Skype call with me. So I will talk to you for 30 minutes about any <laughs> Just like about <laughs> anything you want. Yep. If you have a script, you want to send me your script, I will actually read it and give you notes. Um, or not, I'm or we could just talk to that one and just um, have an awkward <laughs> Skype conversation about where do babies come from? We can have, we can have that call whenever you want, Claire. I'm always, okay. and that goes for anybody. If we could have a group Skype thing, we could all talk about where babies come from. That's fine. Um, but if you, <laughs> it's your 30 minutes, whatever, what do you want to do? What, uh, what else do we have? I think that's it. We don't have a lot of rewards. I guess maybe we should have more crazier rewards. I'm just like, you know, I just want the book, right? Well, it's I think the best thing to keep it simple, I really hate when I go to a Kickstarter page and there's like 30 reward tiers and then it's like, I don't know which one I want. It's too confusing to figure out where the hell the book is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I go on there, it's you like, just, oh, you just want the book. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, $20 for the T-shirt. Well, I don't want the damn T-shirt. I want the book. Yeah, I hate that, too. I'm, I'm definitely in agreement. And the way our rewards are structured, too, like if you get, you know, one of the things you get, like the Mark hardcover, but we also get animals in print. But you're also automatically getting the digital versions of all of those things. So no matter what you get as you go up, you'll always get, after a certain point, you'll always get the book. So you don't have to worry. That's, that's like what we're doing. We're trying to make a book here, people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think when I looked at the PDF, now it could just be because PDF viewers are perhaps different. Um, I think, because uh, this did the same thing to me when I was designing my own book. It's... Um, I had to basically put in like a buffer blank page in order to make it start on the right. So that way when I, Oh yeah, yeah that, is, yeah. Right. that is a setting yeah. it's, and that's why the Pete, and again, this will, the digital version will be on comiXology. I've you know, we'll be working with comiXology. So you're going to get a code from comiXology in which case you cool. do it through your comiXology account or download a PDF. Um, in any case, it will, it'll be as nice as it possibly can be in digital. But mm -hmm. for you, like with a PDF, yeah, there are settings and you have to pick. There's a way to do it where you actually see side by side pages and you can pick whether or not the cover is the first page without a page next to it or not. That's usually a setting in like the view drop down. Yeah, I have to figure that shit out. Yeah. And that's because it confused me because I went through this whole big process of adding, you know, trying to think, oh, my God, I have to add this buffer page and then I'd upload oh, it to the website. <laughs> and then I'm like, it's still off. What the fuck? Oh, if I if there's anything I could do to fix that, I will. Um, and if I can find out how the settings that you need. Are you reading it in like Adobe Acrobat Reader? Um, it was either in Reader or I, I do have an actual PDF program called PDF Architect. Okay. So it's probably in that. Uh, but in any case, yeah, that 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 stinks. Yeah. yeah, you're supposed to get it with uh, the word or the poem on the left and the images on the right. So you may even be one off, in which case you. Like, yeah. So I, I yeah. I, and I was like, and I I loved the um because I love the poetry of it. Um, you have this this good rhythmic iambic thing going. Yeah, that was very uh, hard. 
that was like yeah i was gonna ask you you know what was the you know what was that like having to come up with that, that Is it something was that you the ever hardest did? thing i've ever done uh, uh no not at that length like i've certainly written I always feel like one day uh, my bad high school poetry will rise from the grave and kill me. Like it will just. It should. Surface. Oh no, it shouldn't kill you. It should just rise it's like a phoenix. Just gonna. Re- yeah, but so no, I've certainly written poetry before. I'm not someone that writes a lot of poetry, and I haven't really written poetry since I was in college. So going back to that was it was something I always wanted to do. Like I always wanted to have a comic with a poem and make them work together, and I had been trying to do it somehow with planet gigantic and it just you know that with where that book is now it just wasn't wasn't going to happen so when claire and i did this we actually did you know this poem came after so it wasn't that the poem was there and then claire drew the art the story was there then claire did the art and i felt like either i ruin her art with caption boxes and dialogue or hey this is a good opportunity to do the thing that i wanted to do so i to, to answer your original question, I've never written anything this long because it's it's a pretty long poem and it follows like it's the first line has sort of an eternal uh, rhyme scheme. And then the first and fourth stanza rhyme and the second and third stanza rhyme, the last line. So there was lots of rules that I had set up for myself to do it. So it was a lot of fun just having that kind of structure and forcing you to pick words that you may not normally have picked and picking the same amount of syllables per line and all that. But it was hard. Like it was, that took a long time and a lot of rewriting and hacking away at it. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't have patience for that life. Like, <laughs> so there's my, none of my comics really have words. So I'm just like, Oh, this is uh, words. <laughs> Words are hard. Uh, I also hate lettering too, so then it makes my comics even faster. So I don't have to letter anything. Well, you're ex- yeah, you're really good at storytelling. Just on without, without words. Word. Not that yeah. not that I think you shouldn't add words. I think when you do, it has a lot of meaning. But there's some people that can't do that as well as you, and that was another thing. Was like, I'm not going to ruin this by putting balloons. Over. You know, it just wouldn't. It would have mm-hmm. wrecked it. I, I think anyway. I'm just looking through your through your page here. So you've got like you know like three weeks to go from when this comes out, um, and like you said, asking for 5,500, and that's all going to cost. Yeah, that's pre- that's basically. exactly pretty much the fee to do the hardcover. And again, this is going to be a nice, beautiful book that you want. I mean, there's no question about it. It's gonna you're gonna want this in your hands. Well, I, are you worried that that's hard enough? That sounded pretty. I think that sounded pretty good, right? It does sound pretty good. It sounds it sounds beautiful, and it is. And, you know, it's gonna added that last part. It's gonna be so nice. It's gonna be nice. You're gonna want this. Let me tell you. But do you are you worried about over over shipping costs because that seems to be the biggest problem with Um, Kickstarter? A little, but not real. I mean. Luckily, again, this is my first Kickstarter, but it's not Claire's first Kickstarter. So mm-hmm. when I went through the shipping, I was able to, you know, throw everything to Claire and just say, is this OK? And knowing the size of her book and kind of the weight and guessing what the weight of this is and knowing that ideally we're going to get a discounted rate through Amazon and everything that what we're charging should be fair, but also shouldn't put us in a position um, to get into trouble. We're also like, we have a little bit of wiggle room on the price of the books. If we hit it, you know, we should be okay. Even if, you know, we lose a 
couple of dollars here and there. And we're also limited it to Canada. And though we did just add the UK, so we really didn't put a lot of international shipping, which is where a lot of people get in trouble. Yeah, like I was shipping things to Germany and like Holland and stuff. And my worry was like when I put the address on it, I didn't know if I was writing it right because I don't know. And then it'll get returned. Oh, yeah. I don't know those words because it like, you know what I mean? So I was like, right, well, right. hoping for the best. And I was like, well, if I if I get an email, I guess I'll just try and ship again. But every time I've shipped it to like a really far, like I shipped one to China. And I guess it got there. If you're listening to this like in China would... and you did not get your book, please contact, please contact, please contact Claire. Claire. Don't let me know. <laughs> so I like have that it's... false sense of optimism that that book got there. I wasn't that's, a, that's, that's a, like a nice movie to, to follow the path of that book to China and where where it ended up. I wasn't, it's probably in, still in customs. Oh, yeah. I wasn't aware in China that they even had access to Kickstarter, let alone my weird-ass Kickstarter for a comic book. Like, So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I got your money. I'll ship you your book. But I found it quite strange. I didn't realize that they had access to Kickstarter there. I well, I know a lot of people do their printing there, and then their stuff gets held up for like nine months, ten months at customs because it's I don't know they any little thing they'll consider like political propaganda. Oh yeah, that's why I do uh, I do my printing here in the U.S. Just so I don't have to yeah. deal with that kind of stuff, and also I figure like I don't know I want I make it all here, so I might as well get the book printed here. So I'm not doing like thousands and thousands of books anyway. Right. So I don't really justify getting like 200 books made in China and then shipped to America. Yeah, I would think that, you know, like shipping overseas is just going to triple the cost of, you know, what the person expected to pay for their, you know, for supporting the project. It's like, oh, I just wanted to, you know, support the book and then it's costing me, you know, $50 because... Yeah, that's 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 the thing with the UK. Like, we added that because we had heard from someone from the UK who wanted the book. And I don't want to not get them the book, but then I feel horribly guilty that you have to charge $15 for shipping of a, you know, $25 book. It just... But that's what it costs. So it's like, what are you going to do? I bought a book from the UK and literally it's the size of like, it's maybe mm, four inches by like six inches. And it literally cost me like $40 to get here. Let alone actually paying for the book. Because it was like a little indie book that I really wanted. So I don't feel bad. Because mine literally came in like an envelope that you put like a postcard in. (laughs) And I paid $50. Wow. I don't know if I'm just a sucker or I just really wanted it. I guess you just really wanted it. Shipping is expensive. It is. So is there, um, are are you still just like incredibly focused on this right now or do you have plans for the future of, you know, a follow-up story? Oh, I mean, I think we're always doing stuff, Claire and I, Mm -hmm. together. I mean, we had another thing that, that I wrote that she was adapting um, that was in, that's in progress, and then there's something else that we wanted to do that was actually related to Clue that Claire had had uh, and I had talked about. That's something I need to finish writing. Animals is something on me on me. Like I have not finished cows to to get that to Claire. So there's a, we're always going to be doing something. I think as long as she puts up with me. Yeah, like, yeah, I think we work well together, and we don't put each other really on time frames. 
which I think is super helpful. Yes, yeah. Um, it's kind of like when it gets done, it gets done. But we get a lot done, so it seems to be working for us. It's not like nothing's getting made. Um, especially because, like, I do my own thing. Eric has other projects. He also has a family um, and stuff. Well, plus, like, plus, your art is, like, really fast. <laughs> you guys the thing know. is, like, I pump out pages. I'm like, oh, you, like... Even when I worked with Erica before, it's like, oh, you got to get something done with Comic-Con. Can you get it done? I was like, hell yeah, I can get it done. I get four pages done in a day. Yeah. You are so much faster than me. I'm a very slow sort of writer anyway, but yeah, Claire definitely outpaces me. Yeah, that's what I learned in art school. I was just like, pump and, pump and work out. Like, I always tell students, I'm like, it's better just to make a lot of it because you'll learn along the way. And you'll learn from just making a lot of work versus sitting there and trying to craft something perfectly. Because you'll never complete something, but once you complete something, you realize all the mistakes you made. Right. Mm-hmm. So just, I just tell them, like, just make lots of it, something. Whatever you feel like making, like, make lots of animations, make lots of comics, because eventually you'll learn what works, what doesn't work. But if you sit there and try to craft your masterpiece at, like, 21 years old, it's not going to be your masterpiece because you're 21. Right. And, and it's funny because I... Um... It was a long time ago. I must have been interviewing Tom Zoller from who, who creates uh, Loving Capes, and he he said the exact same thing. When he got right out of school, he took a job doing caricatures in an amusement park, and the speed with which you need to do that, you know, draw somebody's antsy toddler that's pitching a fit and tired and hot and hungry. It's like you, you need to draw this stuff within, you know, two minutes and then, you know, get, collect your fee. So he said that he just got used to drawing fast from, you know, baptism by fire, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think also it's like, um, in general, people think art is supposed to be this like painstaking process where you torture yourself for hours trying to, you know, craft something perfectly instead of, like, I don't know, I just kind of throw it down and hope for the best, which seems to be working for me. Um, But I think people think you have to torture yourself over your stuff because it's kind of, like, what your perception of what an artist is really like. But I don't think you need to do that. You just need to make something and complete it. Complete And complete it. I I do think it's important. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's a really important skill a lot that isn't really taught in school is just the process of completing something. Even in general, I think in school in general, I don't teach you this, to take something from start to finish and just be happy with the result, regardless of what the result was. You should just be happy it's finished. Right. But not saying, like, oh, fuck it, like, whatever, it's finished. But, like... Well, no, you need to have some satisfaction in the quality that you put in. Yeah. But um, but I agree. Like, I know people who have taken seven years and ten years to write novels. And, you know, it's mainly because they're people with busy lives, you know, demanding day jobs and families or whatever. Or sometimes two jobs, whatever the case is. So it's you know, that old adage about, oh, you have to make time. You have to make time to do it. It's like, well, yes, but on everybody's life is different. So if it takes one person seven years and I can do it in three months, then I'm going to do it in three months. I'm always amazed at, like, the amount of people that do, like, multiple pitches and, like, just keep doing new pitches. Like, for yeah. me, it's like as soon as I start something and it, it maybe it's not a good thing because I, I have to finish that thing, yeah, whatever like it start- is, and I'll just get stuck in it. And I can... It's very hard for me even to jump from project to project. Usually my head is in one space and that's what I have to do. But, I mean, if it works for people, it's great. But, you know, you you see, like, 
all these pitches and if the pitch doesn't work or whatever, then they're on in the next pitch. It's like, I'll just do that pitch even if it's an idea that nobody wants to do and just spend three years making it until the thing's done and then move on to the next thing. Like I can't, it's hard not to finish the thing. I, just have I, mean, to I guess that's it. a good problem to have. At least you're finishing something. Yeah, that's the I mean, it's like you gotta, you know, you gotta make it happen. That's the other thing with like, and I understand having a publisher is nice, but it's if they don't pick but up yeah, the if book. You've, it's you know, once you've gotten no, without you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Once you've gotten the rejection, then you know, just make it yourself if it's something you believe in. I mean, I've never had a publisher, so I'm just used to doing everything myself. Yeah, and it's fun. Like, it's, you know, I, I like it, you know. Well, the funny thing is I used to hate doing graphic design, but I'm having, now that I've done it a lot more, now I'm just like, oh, graphic design is actually kind of fun. I like designing logos, and I like doing these things, and I'm starting to get jobs doing that. Like, even just, like, create, like, my own logo for, like, a resume for my day job, and everyone's like, oh, holy shit, you do graphic design? I was like, well, I can. You want to pay me? Sure, I'll do it. Whatever. Uh, but therein is the secret question. Will you pay me? Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the whole issue in general. Yes. Well, the thing but, is, like, but, once I figure out people know I draw at work, they're like, oh, man, will you draw my tattoo? And then I'm like, all right, well, it's going to cost you this much. What? <laughs> like, hey, man, like, I can go home and draw whatever I want. I don't want to draw that that stupid thing you want me to draw. You have to pay me. Also, I don't draw like that, so it's going to take me even longer. You want a realistic horse. I can't draw that. I hate drawing horses. Our next book is all horses, Claire. It's gonna, it's gonna be, yeah. You've got pigs and chickens and cows coming out, oh, and then no, you're gonna I'm have the big hor- horse. The fourth part, horse meat. Horse meat. The big horse meat controversy. Mm-hmm. Great. I can probably like even I, when I did with cheese with Erica, I was like, oh, four legs on the ground. How does this work? <laughs> Like if you look at every panel, almost all the legs are in the same place. <laughs> where I just swap them to the other ones, I was like, "Well, I'm a cartoonist. You got to be efficient." <laughs> or they're just standing motionless. I was like, "Oh, four legs." Because you know, with two legs, you just have to worry about making them look like they're stand, like figure to ground with two legs. There was four. It's quadruple the amount of legs I have to worry that are look like they're sitting on the ground. Everybody's just like running through fog, oh, yeah. like, like, like the Rob Liefeld. Can I put down on there? <laughs> I mean, it's there's one thing about being a cartoonist, and there's a whole other thing about being a smart cartoonist. Yeah, make it make it uh, work for yeah, you. Yeah, put grassy fields everywhere, <laughs> or be like Rob Liefeld and just put you know some random crap on everyone's feet. They'll just be, yeah, like he's suddenly standing behind a boulder. Oh, yeah. No, I've thought about um, for Halloween being like a Rob Liefeld drawing and just putting like a, like a duck in front of one foot and like a rock in front of the other and just wearing <laughs> massive amounts of pouches. Yeah. And just a screaming face. You should do this. I know. But then I, I realized that all, not all my friends are nerds. So they're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah, what are you doing? Face? Oh, you're all duck foot. That's not yeah. Well, because <laughs> hey, Modok costume, and like, luckily, all my friends knew who that was because they know I love Modok so much. But like, I mean, this like huge cardboard thing to put around my head. Um, but like, if I went to a normal Halloween party, they'd be like, "What the hell are you?" That's true. Yeah, why aren't you dressed like Slutty Harley or something? <laughs> I could be a Slutty Modok and just put on the Modok head, and then <laughs> that's that's something. Slutty Modoc, I think that's Slutty Modoc. There you go. Take the nation by storm. Right. <laughs> Save alert. Slutty Modoc. 
<laughs> it's probably been done somewhere. Well, did I mean, there's always, like, every year there's some stupid trashy thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, one year they had slutty Ebola nurse. I was like, God, yeah. kill me. I remember that. They had, like, the whole, like, the, the hazmat like thing oh, but then it was like a tiny little mini skirt and it's like oh yeah that's gonna protect you humans are garbage i think that's the problem <laughs> yeah and the poor person who had to be paid to design that yeah so so let's see where let's uh, not forget where to tell people to look you guys oh uh, yeah so the mark kickstarter i made a easy to remember link so you can go to ericgrissom.com slash mark and it will redirect you right to the kickstarter page Sweet. how's that that's pretty cool yeah and i typed it into the search of kickstarter and it was the second one that came up yeah so please you know give our video a watch we have uh, an interesting video that uh was a lot of fun to make so even if you don't back it just go to the page watch the video and see if it's something you're interested in and what was that? I was gonna say, and if it's not something you're interested, in, then go jump off a cliff. Yeah, really, we don't need you. Yeah. Aw. That you're supposed to say, then buy them for all your friends. Oh, hopefully you have friends. Oh, wait, no, don't jump off. Them. Them. Everything's fine. It's cool, right? Yeah, right. And share the link. Put that thing out Definitely. on the, the social media stuff. Throw it on your twitters and whatever you got. Right. Come, come on, people. What, are you going to sit around and talk about the debate? <laughs> no, no. Um, or we could, we should sell it this way, being like, hey, remember that terrible politics thing that's happening? Politics, politics. Free your mind with some poetry and some comics. Yeah, if, 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 Trump, if Trump wins and it's a hard cut and you're surrounded by a garbage fire, you're going to want to be opening the mark and reading about uh, this poor girl and, and the Forgotten King. This is for you. Yeah. And, and this curse, this tragic story that you have i let's actually let's bring this the story into this here because your stories like the like chickens and pigs and even with this there's like this political edge to them you know you've got this like your little like social social justice hats on when you're making these like um i don't even know that that's happening um it's happening you just don't know that it's happening i feel like i'm there's a lot some there's depression that's always sort of they're always sort of weird but sort of really sad but also a lot of times I'll use humor to 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 mix with that um but I didn't get it I mean I didn't see the social part of the mark but I guess it's there it's just just coming out and I don't even know yes you've got like the you know this girl and then she you know after after doing this you know having this this issue with the tree that she comes across. Yeah, so the basic setup it, just... Like, she gets back and they're like, they shun her. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> they, you know, she's like, oh, what the fuck did you do? So the, ba- yeah, the basic story without without spoiling anything, so she's this trapper and she's out and she's trapping animals and skinning them and, and that's what she, she does for, for a living. And she's out there too late and it's too late to sort of go in, so she's got to make camp and she's gathering wood uh, you know from this forest and there's a particular tree in the forest that you're not supposed to cut you're not supposed to hurt it in any way you know there's this whole history you know legend beyond it we don't talk about that but that's the thing you're not supposed to cut this tree and she cuts the branch of the tree and she takes it to her fire and she burns it and 
when she does, she becomes cursed. Um, and the next day, yeah, she goes back to her village and she's shunned and it's a, it, things go poorly for her after that. She's marked by the tree. As, she's as marked. She's marked. And that's, you know, it's like if you've somehow, for some reason, gotten yourself a Trump tattoo, you've, you've been marked. <laughs> that is, yeah. any tattoo artist out there who would put that on a human being. Generally, if you're covered with tattoos, you're not that conservative. Because <laughs> even me, like I have a few, and I I real I didn't realize it until like you you're kind of covered. People don't view you the same way they viewed you before. That's There's true. probably but there, somebody. Like, there are some ironic. white supremacists out there. Oh. That are, well, yeah, like, yeah, you forget about the tattooed white su- supremacist uh, supremacist market, right? Uh, yeah. But I was thinking there's probably at least one ironic. Trump in the thug life font across somebody's somebody's <laughs> stomach somewhere. That it and it's probably fun. spelled wrong. You're right. <laughs> God, I hope so. That'd be no regrets. Um. So awesome. Okay, so you unintentionally write social things, and you don't. You don't. Yeah, I mean, it's that. just that's just the story that came out. That's all. Cool. Is it because somebody kicked you out when you were little? Do you have like this? It's actually a true story uh, that I actually <laughs> cut down a tree and my aunt uh, banished me. And I was wandering in the woods where I met Claire and then we came up with this comic book. Right. I actually live in the woods. It's pretty awesome. I'd love to whip. You're down in the Pine Barrens, aren't you? Me? Yeah. Actually, I live next to the beach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I actually, yeah, I live at the beach. I wish I lived in the Pine Barrens. That's where I, that's where I eventually want to make my home. Has any? Have you ever been to the Pine Barrens? Yeah. I mean, I've driven through there, but I've never liked... I like it because it's vaguely spooky. Yeah, it's weird there. Yeah, I like spooky. I've only read about the Pine pine Barrens, like via weird New Jersey or whatever, but I would like to go there and look for the Jersey Dow. Yeah, I don't think... I've never ventured through there. I'm sure I've driven through because you have to drive through everything to get anywhere. Um, But um, you're basically crisscrossing the state at any given time. Yeah. so is there a Jersey Devil? Like That's supposedly story? where the Jersey Devil's from, right? Is the Pine Barrens? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this, I imagine, is going to work its way into something you do at some point. That'd be fun. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would do it. should totally do one that's just like, you know, like the birth story, like how he's born. Yeah, I love all that stuff, too. Like we should all totally do something like that and make it like five or six pages, make it a mini comic and like print it on like red paper or something. Being like, Jersey Devil. Done. Yeah, I'm like, I'm adding to your to-do list. Yeah, yeah right? I like that. I think that'd be a fun little project because we don't have enough other things that we want to do. <laughs> just add more, but that sounds <laughs> awesome. Um, but it's only like five pages, so I can get it done in a day. You just have to write it. Done. Done and yeah. done. Done. It'll be done by next week. Um, no, I love all that stuff. I love the monsters and folklore and just weird things like that. Because I was talking, our last show was uh, with Howie Knoll, who's new to New Jersey, relatively new. He's been here a couple years. And he does paranormal investigations and writes a paranormal comic. It's awesome. And um, so we were talking about the that there are some really poor renditions of the Jersey Devil. He, but the, the, the design of it is not that Here's great. the thing I'm going to say oh, right yeah. now about, that, about the Jersey Devil. And you both may shun me and mark my hand and throw me in the woods. But I never really liked the design of the Jersey Devil. Like that was even it's as a awful. kid, it would be like, oh, Sasquatch. And oh, look at this. And, and the Jersey Devil was this like we weird looking thing you. with like chicken legs and like leather <laughs> bat legs. wings. And 
I think we may have to rework him. I think you need to redesign. That's what I I told Howie too. I'm like, you know, we've got enough cartoonists in this state. We should not have this shameful, awful, embarrassing. It's just such a weird hodgepodge. But it does have goat legs, which are always cool. I think. Yeah. That that I kind of like it because it's kind of intentionally shitty. Like I like (laughs) it from that way, where it's like it's so shitty, it's awesome. It, but it's like a four-year-old took apart all their toys oh, and yeah. then just like glued it together. <laughs> it's the big problem is that head though. It's got like oh, a head it. of like a, a what is the head? A like horse a hip, head or a horse camel? Hippo. Head? Yeah, it's like a horse hippo. Like, with can you imagine being the first person who's making this shit up, and they're like, "All right, well, what, what does the head look like? Um, I don't know, a hippo had um chicken legs. Like <laughs> so weird." Yeah, so so that's what I'm I'm assigning all of you. You know, the Jersey. Oh, I would definitely do that. I would. We could do like a weird, um, you know, like cryptid or something from each era. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is a little bit overplayed. I mean, I know a lot of people have done that, and maybe just sticking with the Jersey Devil is something no one talks about. I was gonna say other people have done it, but can we do it better? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Because yeah. we'll always be better than someone. Because that's what I always tell people. I was like, don't worry, there's always someone who's shittier than you. So make your comic. I mean, Bigfoot's been in a million things, you know. That's it, the best, like, pick-me-up advice ever, too. It's like, don't <laughs> worry, kid. There's always somebody shittier than you. Like, <laughs> turn and smile and you pop a Mentos or something. That's a good Claire, Claire moment. <laughs> right? That's what, if I ever have children, which I don't plan on, that's all I'll tell them. Like, all right, guys, well, don't worry. Someone's always shittier than you. <laughs> That's what I tell myself every morning. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how much I say the same kind of thing to myself. Like if I'm, uh, you know, if I have to go to the doctor and I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't shave my legs or something. I'm like, you know what? I am not going to be the worst person they've ever met. There's <laughs> there's bound to be somebody worse. Yeah, no, I always say it's like um, when I'm trying to justify things like, oh, I can have this cookie. At least I'm not addicted to heroin. That's how I justify <laughs> it half my life. Which is, like, not the proper, right. or, like, Hard social cut. etiquette. Well, it's just like one thing of heroin. At least yeah. I'm not. Yeah. At least I'm not on methamphetamines. Yeah, right? <laughs> At least I have a meth face. I'm, I'm cute. All right. Oh, my goodness. You guys, this has been so much fun. It was fun. Thank you for having us. This is, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's good to, to be on with Claire, too, because I'm used to just me rattling on. Um, So it's nice for all of us. It's too. nice to talk about comics and not other things I don't want to talk about, like work. Yeah, no, we'll talk about this work. This is your other work. Well, yeah, this is my this is my actual work. Like, I always yeah. tell people my day job, I was like, I'm here for the money. I'm not here. I go home and then I go to work. Yeah, that's the way most people's paychecks are. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. Um, so uh, do you encourage people to follow you online and stuff so that they can see your sketches in progress and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely, like, the place is, like, um, I'm super Twitter heavy, so it's, like, just follow me. It's um, at C.K. Connolly Draws. That's where everything kind of gets filtered through is, like, Instagram, Tumblr, website. Um, you can actually talk to me. I like talking. So um, that's kind of, like, my hub. Cool. cool. And hey, I will say I, I have a Twitter account too at egrissom. I go back and forth with how much I use it and like it and want it in my life. But I would ha- have you go instead to ericgrissom.com just because there you could at least see all of the comics that I have. And a lot of them are free. We have shorts up there. They're shorts that 
uh, Claire and I did and, and stuff I've done with, with other artists that are there for free. Like I have some free shorts as well as the paid stuff. And on Claire's website, there's like tons of free comics. Oh yeah. My website, I basically have everything I've ever made up there. That's, um, it's just at ClaireConnellyComics.com. I think there's probably easily over 600 pages of free comics. Holy crap, girl. Yeah. It's everything I've made since I was maybe like 22. My early stuff I try to hide because it's bad. It's sometimes it's really fun to break that shit out, though. Oh, yeah. You know, like my first comic, I was so proud of it. Now I look at it and I'm like, holy shit. It's like taking out an old prom picture, man. Oh, yeah. It's like there's a there's a beauty to it. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see how much you grow. That's why I I like art a lot is because I can see visually how much better I'm getting at things. Versus, like, um, when I was in college, I had writing papers. And I was like, I don't think I'm getting better. I think I'm getting worse because I'm giving up. Um, that's why I like looking at my old stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I have a sense of whether or not my writing is improving. But it's not something that I guess you can – there's no, there's no yeah easy metric to look at it or anything. Yeah, like, when you look at it, it's not slapping you across the face. Right. Like if I look at something that I made when I was, like, 17, I'm just like, holy shit. My typing is getting worse, so that's making it harder. Um, you know, plus all the thumb typing for, for the phone is just like a disaster. Like you just know, I'm, I mean, follow me at Elizabeth Amber, but just know you're going to need a decoder ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my whole thing. It's like, I'm like, hey, really? So much like, you know, now with phones and stuff, like I get hand cramps and stuff. I'm like totally developing carpal tunnel. It's from using the damn phone. It's not from drawing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I I agree. I've I've gotten into a good practice though. Most of the time I can put it down so that way at a certain point at night I am not looking at it. But um the other night I was on it till like midnight cuz I just felt this weird thing where I couldn't put it down. It was terrible. I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I mean, I'm considered I guess I'm considered part of the millennial generation unfortunately, so I'm addicted to my phone. Yeah. Well, once you start feeling sick from it, then it's like, oh. Yeah, I I try not to at night, like if it's the last thing that I look at, which I do too much, I end up getting terrible headaches. But yeah. I still do it because I'm stupid. But that thing, because I can't be alone, so I got to shove this thing in my face. <laughs> and just like, How many likes did that thing? None. <laughs> Why don't you like me? And he's 100 likes and I can't. Yeah. It's like, oh. Yes. Oh, Bad news, goodness. friends. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we will wrap up. Don't forget, go to Kickstarter and look for the mark, and you can go to ericgrissom.com for more information. ericgrissom.com slash mark, and please, please just look at it, consider donating to it. I think it's something that that you'd like. Absolutely. I know I thoroughly enjoyed the creepiness of it Um, because it wasn't too scary for me, and that is saying something because I don't like super scary things. So... Um, you can follow me, as I said, Elizabeth Amber. My website's amberunmasked.com, and you can support the show and my work at patreon.com slash amberunmasked. And don't forget to be on the lookout for full-body manslaughter. It is coming your way very soon. <laughs>